0: Luke Livingston of Boyhood Bravery is here on The Antidote. Thanks for coming, Luke.
1: Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on the show. I've
0: gotta tell you that I'm a really boring guy and I always like to start at the very beginning. What about telling us how Boyhood Bravery began?
1: Um, Well, in high school, I was in a few louder like punk bands. And uh, one of my friends in that music scene, we were both getting ready to go to college at IU, we were graduating high school, and uh, we decided to take my softer kind of acoustic side stuff that didn't really fit well with the loud punk bands, and we took that softer acoustic stuff and started a folk band, and um, we really liked the feel of the folk music, and just stuck with it ever since. We're almost graduated college now, so it's been almost four years.
0: What a huge change for you to switch from punk <laughs> to doing acoustic
1: folk. <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd say um, both of those. The the lyrics were really a emphasis, and like honest lyrics transcends any genre. Really, I feel like people that really pay attention to the lyrics they listen to a wider variety of genres because they're really focused on what's said and not really how it's said as much.
0: There's so many artists though that share and say oh my music is honest how do you make Mm -hmm. it honest how do you keep it at that level?
1: Oh it's kind of like the same way that you'd be honest in real life Uh, (laughs) you just continue to be genuine about what you're saying so for instance I'll use an example of a song that we have on this album that we just released, Father Speak, was actually just you know, lyrics that I had written in my journal when I was really, really stressed out at Wells Library. Uh, I was studying for an exams and all that stuff and to just uh, sort of wrote three lines down just as a cathartic experience there. And
0: <laughs> So to take a break from studying... You thought, why don't I just write a song?
1: (laughs) Right. And that's how a lot of the lyrics come about, or just this huge journal of notes in my phone or notes actually on a pen and paper and stuff. When I'm ready to write a song, I'll jump through them and flip through pages and get inspiration as to what I've written before and pull them together.
0: Your faith sort of sneaks in on many of your songs, but Boyhood Bravery doesn't make it too obvious. Would the label Mm -hmm. Christian songwriter frighten you? Well, that's
1: an accurate description because I am a Christian and I am a songwriter. Uh, It's sort of misleading to say Christian songwriter because you think of, I don't know, Chris Tomlin or somebody like that who writes corporate worship music. I have written corporate worship music before, but I don't write that for uh, Boyhood Bravery. It's a lot more, uh, I guess people would describe it as secular.
0: But you would say that your relationship with God ties into the music of Boyhood Bravery?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, because I write about life situations, and I write about things that are on my mind and going on in my life, and um, Christ is at the center of all of that. So I'd have to really try to not (laughs) let it sneak into the themes of the song, because if I'm writing about my life and Christ is at the center of my life, then it's going to come.
0: You can hear some of that faith aspect coming in on your debut self-titled EP, the song Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. It does reflect praising God, but there's more to it than that.
1: Yeah, that one... Hallelujah is a song that I actually still play. I played a show two days ago, and we played that song. Uh, That was when I was becoming a Christian, actually, in late high school. It was a story of I was trying to illustrate what it was like to finally trust in something so far beyond myself. After having not believed in a while and sort of putting my trust in myself, Hallelujah is kind of the story of that.
0: And Hallelujah has the line, I'll smile at the clouds, try to banish the stars above. I'm praying, Lord, I can hear the wolves howling off in the distance. He says, don't you know that I love you? Is it difficult Mm -hmm. for you to hear God's voice above the howling?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a very personal line because the wolves throughout that whole project are symbols for bad influences and sort of the crowd that I was running with, like high school and early in my life. And one of the big barriers to becoming a Christian was that sort of social ostracism. It wasn't cool to trust in God. It wasn't cool to be a Christian. That line's being honest with God, being like, I can hear them calling out to me. But ultimately, God was good to me. He... He gave me a community of people that were encouraging to me, and I was able to trust in him in that period of my life.
0: Of course, now you are cool, because he's (laughs) giving you your own indie folk band. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, you've been mentioning about your songwriting. I want to hear more about that. Is the music of Boyhood Bravery a band creation, or is it all Luke Livingston?
1: Oh, uh, it's definitely a combination of the two. It starts out really, really personal, just me and an acoustic guitar. I'll come up with sort of the skeleton of the song um, in a singer-songwriter fashion. And then I'll bring it to, like, my drummer Shane and um, the rest of our band. And then the song really changes a lot when they start putting their personalities in there and their character, so... Boyhood Bravery definitely is not just Luke Livingston. It's definitely a collaborative effort.
0: You make it sound as if really your role would be primarily to writing the lyrics versus the musical end of it.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess the rhythm of it and the chords of it I write, but um, there's a lot of like melodies and all that stuff. A lot of the Creativity comes from this collaborative effort in, in our practices.
0: So how did you join up then with the additional members of Boyhood Bravery?
1: Well, the drummer Shane was in... I, I had played bass for this um, almost pop band in high school, and I knew him from from that and from you know going to high school together. Uh, one of my best friends, Caleb Hartsock, is in the band. He was somebody I knew from high school. Then once we got to college, it was really, really various places, um, mostly a campus ministry that had been a part of RUF, Reformed University Fellowship. I uh, got involved there and met a bass player and banjo player, Tyler Nese. Um And, yeah, just a lot of the members have come from all over, <laughs> all over the place.
0: You have covered the gamut. You said you were doing punk, then doing pop, now you're doing <laughs> yeah. indie folk. And when do you go metal? Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, actually, um, I was in an indie rock band. that was sort of metal. It was kind of Manchester Orchestra-like. Uh, so I guess I've covered that a little bit, too. <laughs> Um, There was one song, actually, with Boyhood Bravery that we played live. We haven't recorded it. Uh, I actually have a rap in it and spoken word, too. So (laughs) I guess we've touched in all sorts of genres there.
0: It doesn't sound like you get frightened by trying anything.
1: No, (laughs) not at all.
0: Your 2015 full length, These Eyes, it has a song, I Wasn't Sure What I Meant. Now, I can relate to the line in the song that says, we went camping in the rain, our coats were soaked for days. I mean, <laughs> that's happened to me so many times. The title oh, says yeah. that you weren't sure what you meant, but <laughs> do you have an answer for it now?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, the line there, I said it twice in the conversation, and I, I wasn't sure what I meant, um, comes from this experience when actually we were My roommates and I were sharing the gospel with this guy, and it was kind of humorous because I know I, in particular, was really, really tired. So I had this in my mind where I was like trying to be very, very careful with what I said and speak the truth and, you know, love this guy the best I could. Except sometimes I was just like stumbling over my words and all that stuff. So that's sort of what inspired that line that I think a lot of people can relate to. I said it twice in the conversation, and I wasn't sure what I meant. The, uh, we went camping in the rain. That actually did happen <laughs> with my roommates and I. Uh, there's some campsites nearby, and before we knew it, fall break came, and we didn't know what we were going to do, so we decided that day we were going to go camping, except didn't really pay attention to the weather very much, and it rained the whole time, but it was still so much fun.
0: your band is based in Bloomington, Indiana I've heard that that city has a really hot music scene but -hmm. that can sometimes be a negative I mean has it made it tough for boyhood bravery to stand out from the crowd
1: oh no I think it's actually the right amount the right amount of intensity as far as um, the music scene goes because there's enough people in the music scene that it can be like lush and it can be inspiring to play concerts with all these kinds of people. But it's not like, you know, I've never lived in Nashville, but what I hear about Nashville is that there's so much live music all the time that you can sort of get drowned out. I think Boyhood Bravery is in a position where we've benefited from the creativity of others, playing shows with them, being inspired by them and collaborating and all that stuff but it hasn't been to the point where we feel like we're not able to be heard when we want to play a show or want to book a certain venue.
0: What about playing those shows? Is this primarily in Bloomington, or do you guys also head out on tour?
1: Oh, we've never headed out on tour. Um, We usually just play around central Indiana. We'll visit college towns and... um, we also play a decent amount of shows in Indianapolis, which is really nearby, which is where most of the band is from too, Indianapolis, so.
0: Boyhood Bravery is relatively prolific. I mean, what's coming out now is your third release. You had yourself titled, you had the full length, and now you've brought out the new EP from the passenger seat. Mm-hmm. I suppose every band's music changes over the years. What's changed on this EP compared to your earlier music?
1: Yeah, this EP is actually quite different than our previous releases because these are the songs that we've been sitting on for a really long time that sound really, really good live, but we've never had the the funds to record them in a way that sounds really good. We've always done recording in our basement and all that stuff, especially... You know, I feel like you can really tell with the self-titled EP um, that most of our recording is done by ourselves in our basements or in our rooms and stuff. But this EP, we actually went to a studio. We won some money from a battle of the bands, actually. Go to a real studio and really spend time with nice equipment to get a good live sound out of it. So this one is really like the songs that people have been hearing live but have never heard in a recording.
0: That's a huge amount of money. How do you manage that with you guys who are all college students?
1: Uh, we, uh, When we make money from a gig, we don't split it between all six or seven of us. When we play the show, we actually save it for you know CDs, T-shirts, recording time, all that stuff. So really, when we release something, we're just hoping to make enough off of it that we can record the next project, because we've already got a few songs that we want to record for the next one, too.
0: I think another big change that I've found on the new EP is your vocals on the song Modifinal. Were you Mm -hmm. intentionally trying for something different vocally?
1: Uh. I don't think I was trying anything different. It's kind of interesting. I've gotten that feedback a lot. When I listen to it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my voice. But, for instance, my fiancé listened to that recording, and she said, this doesn't sound like you, (laughs) which I think is really, really interesting. I didn't do that intentionally, I guess. I don't know if it was that day or that song.
0: (laughs) I hope you agreed with her, because fiancés are always right.
1: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) <laughs> she's she's right more often than I am.
0: I have to say, I never thought I'd ever see a song title based on a drug for sleep disorders. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Is that yeah. the
0: curse of being in college, and you need that to keep yourself awake?
1: Oh, no. Uh, this was... Um, I was trying to illustrate this idea of trust a lot. I had written this song in... 2015, around November, shortly after the Paris attacks, where somebody went into a concert and bombed, you know, a bunch of people. And I was thinking to myself how you can't trust anybody ever about anything. And these kinds of things, like not being able to trust each other in like a society or even on a smaller scale in a relationship, can really, really be destructive. And I guess the best way I could illustrate it is that it keeps you up at night. So that's sort of the metaphor with modafinol, this drug that keeps you up at night. It's actually often used for night workers who uh, need to switch their sleep schedule to stay awake during the night and sleep during the day. That kind of like needing to be vigilant is sort of where that metaphor lies with trust.
0: I wouldn't call from the Passenger seat a concept album, but the songs do carry a theme, struggles with relationships, especially on one-sided love song. You gotta be honest here, man. Is all of this coming from your own
1: experience, Luke? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, the relationship aspects there uh, for all of the songs, it's a mix between personal experience and theoretical narrative uh one-sided love song was actually inspired by this young lady who was following my band in high school and she got a little bit uncomfortably uh interested in me and my music where it started out as she just liked the music and then she got a little bit more interested to the point where she was messaging me all the time and trying to figure out where I was at certain times, even when I didn't want to be hanging out with her. So I had written this song actually in high school. So it was a long time ago, uh, using this dark sarcasm as (laughs) sort of a expression of the way I felt at the time. But I was realizing that most of my frustration with her was selfishness. It was... Uh, like that line in there, I hate that you love me. I hate that all you ever did was care. I hate no matter what I say, you'll be there anyway. Why can't you just leave me be? And then proceeding to talk about how she has ghosts too, which I use ghosts as a metaphor for depression a lot. She had opened up to me about that. Um, Just recognizing that even though I was annoyed and frustrated with her, she's still a human You know, still somebody with feelings and aspirations and ambitions and stuff. Trying to figure out how to love her in a way that that would really speak to her, except still keep my boundaries.
0: It's difficult dealing with a situation like that when basically the other person is smothering you. Right, yeah. I can't see Boyhood Bravery playing a large venue. Because I just can't see your style working with a big crowd. And that's Mm -hmm. not a negative. It's just that your music has a really intimate feel. Mm -hmm. Are you okay with that?
1: Oh, yeah. I've felt that a lot in previous years. The bigger concerts we've played, the less I feel like I'm connecting with people in the crowd. Um, And that's sort of how these songs and From the Passenger Seat came about is because we had to throw in songs that would sound better live and would get people engaged live that have good driving rhythms and peaks and all of that stuff. So I would say with big crowds now, we've we've got a different kind of engagement. We're not like an EDM band or you know a big rock band where we make a lot of noise, but we can engage these big crowds in a different way. Like, for instance, with harmonies with Lakin will take notes and extend them out. That captures people's attention really well, even with the bigger crowds.
0: And you don't have any problem with song lengths. Each of your songs are relatively long.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Live that actually sort of works to the advantage. Um, Like, for instance, gossip. Uh, Gossip was sort of a song that was designed for the live setting with the three extended solos. Uh, our bass player in particular, he is so, 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 so talented, but with folk music that never shows because he's just playing whole notes most of the time. Uh, so he took gossip so that he could really engage the crowd with a, with a bass solo and, and stuff like that.
0: You must have known that the band name Boyhood Bravery was going to raise this question. So, are you braver now than you were as a boy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I would say yes and no. I've got a different kind of bravery now. Uh, Boyhood Bravery, it actually came from a Conor Oberst song. The line is, Poison Oaks and Boyhood Bravery when a telephone was a tin can on a string. And I think what he's getting at there is uh, the song's about a boy running away from home. And this is a boy who's brave enough to run away from home. That takes a lot of courage. But he's also not mature or brave enough to stay and just face the problems that are right in front of him. So that's sort of the idea of a boyhood bravery is this immature kind of courage that causes you to run away from something, which Takes amount of courage, but not stay and face it right in front of you.
0: What about the challenges Boyhood Bravery faces? Like, what would be your dream come true?
1: On well, dream come true, <laughs> I've got unrealistic dreams for Boyhood Bravery. I I want our music to be successful, people to listen to it. But I also really uh, I don't think I would enjoy it if Boyhood Bravery became famous. Um. I don't think I would enjoy being recognized too much. I like the popularity that Boyhood Bravery's at now, where we're popular enough that I can continue this this hobby, but we're not too popular. <laughs>
0: <laughs> From the passenger Seat closes with the song Father Speak. You mentioned that earlier in our talk. I think I touched on the same point earlier when I asked about the song Hallelujah. Do you feel like God speaks to you personally?
1: Oh, yes. Um, Yeah, that one, as I had mentioned earlier, was written sort of in a moment where, like I had mentioned with modafinil, how I was wrestling with what to trust. um, Father speak is the answer to that conflict that modafinil raises. Father speak is just an honest giving myself to God take my heart take my eyes take my arms and just lead me towards something that's everlasting something that's not as fickle as as life often is
0: this has been a great talk thanks so much for coming and bringing your music to the antidote
1: hey no problem thank you so much for for having me on the show it's been an honor